All righty, back out of here on The Fan. Now let's get to The Fan Focus. All right, leading us off here, it's going to be Nick and it's Dustin Afternoon Drive as the two discussed Cade York. Everyone hated me for when I said don't draft the kicker. And, like, okay, if you draft this guy, he needs to become an all-pro, like, the best kicker of all time. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't been. Should we just stop drafting kickers from the south? How about like, we stop drafting kickers, period? Like, Zane Gonzalez was from Arizona, right? From Arizona State. Um, I don't know. Go find the best kicker at, like, Miami of Ohio. Well, why don't we find somebody from Bemidji State? Because is, it, is, that, is that a school? Bemidji State. Yeah, I just mumbled sounds word. Like, sounds like a school I'd like. Well, it's right. Isn't it by Mankato, by the way? Bemidji State. Yeah. Oh, I'd love that school. It's up yonder in yeah. uh, in Minnesota. So find somebody who does that, who they send out. They're like, uh, hey, uh, Okerson. Hey, Thor. Hey, uh, it's uh, it's it's minus 20. And the uh, the wind temps are the winds are 50 miles an hour. And he aces every kick. That's the guy you got to get. Because these southern kickers, LSU for Cade York, Arizona's uh, finest in Zane Gonzalez, it is not working out for those like, Southern like, kickers. Isn't Robbie Gold available? I know he's like 40. I think he's you... older than 40. Uh, no, he's the same I think age. he's I think legally he's the same, deceased. He's the same age as me. But he's a kicker. Okay, then, yeah, would you, maybe Wouldn't 40. you trust Robbie Gold in a crucial moment more than Kate York? Yeah, I think that's a Band-Aid, though. Like, yes, for well, this okay. year. You, uh, dude, you can change kickers every year, by the way. Oh, God. That... that that also has its downside. Like, there's a reason why teams will stick with a above average or even slightly above average kicker because that's better than the risk of trying to go find a great kicker who then ends up being just dog butt. Can we just find a kicker that won't miss 45 yarders? It's easier said than done. I, you know, I thought it was fascinating the amount of conversations around kickers today that expected a 49 yarder to be a given. I know. Maybe this is just me being a little bit older at this point where I, I was used to anything that was 50 yards was a really hard kick. But these kickers have gotten so good and the, the legs have gotten so impressive. You know, on the other side of it last night was Greg the Leg Zerline. And Zerline at one point, he was a, he could kick a ball as far as I'd, any, I'd ever seen anyone kick it. It was, it was so impressive to me, the leg that he had and the power that he had. And then you fast forward and it's like he's been on seven different teams. He's bounced all around the NFL because having that massive leg but not being able to control it, it's like being able to hit the ball 330 yards but always hitting it either a duck hook or way right into the into the trees. It's just it's not good enough. And I, I worry that when it comes to Cade York, he's so good in practice that he just gets to the bright lights, just isn't able to do it. But we're going to have a lot of time to figure that out. I don't think even if he goes perfect the rest of the way, anybody's going to enter week one feeling 100% satisfied based off of what we saw last night. That's going to be in the back of people's minds for way too long. All right, next up, we go to Ken and Anthony as Ken discusses meeting Flava Flav. I got to the Hall of Fame, and getting my credential was a total mess. It wasn't the Hall of Fame's fault. It was really just a total miscommunication by all of us, but... uh. I, I was trying to get to the Jim Brown thing, Jim Brown, uh, the um, celebration of life, the memorial. And they go, you going to the Jim Brown thing? And I go, uh, no, I have to go get my credential. But I, as I'm walking in, I'm getting into the, the cart, into the big golf cart, the shuttle. I look behind me and I see this guy and he's got this clock around his neck. And I 
I, there's just something in me that I was going, that ain't him. Don't say anything. That ain't him. I don't know why this guy has a clock around his neck. That is not him. And so we're on our way. We go underneath 77, up George Hallis, the whole thing. And I'm talking to the driver, a guy, guy named Randy. He's a great guy, really nice guy. And we pull up, and he's like, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you somewhere. I have to drop this man off. He's going to the, he's going to the Jim Brown ceremony." So we stop off, and this lady goes, "Flava Flav!" And I like, she meets him, and you hear his voice behind me. And all of a sudden, I turn her. I swear to God, live as we take off again. Because she was helping. She was one of the people in charge with the directions and everything. And I turn around and go, hey, I didn't want to be improper. My name's Ken. It's a, it's a, it's a pleasure to meet you, sir. <laughs> like, I was like, because I, I did not want to go up to some guy. Because I'm like, why would he be in Canton, Ohio for the Hall of Fame? Right, but right. at first, I just did not put two and two together. And then when he said he was going to the Jim Brown ceremony, I went, well, he's, it's got to be him. It's got to be him. It's just got to be Flavor Flav. And it was. He was very, very nice for the rest of the cart ride. Very nice guy. Do we know what he was doing there? I must have known Jim Brown. Must have known Jim he is Brown. He 64 years old. I had no idea. Flavor Flav. 64. Yeah. Boy, he looks great. And he's He been, looked great, too. He's been around, I have he known about him for such a long yeah. time. Basically, my entire life, I've known about Flavor Flav. And then he reinvented himself. Uh, with the reality, reality show, TV. and Yiva he was of love. Yeah, he was one of the early reality shows. Um, so that's, I, I think that is, you know, we 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 talked on Monday about me getting a chance to meet Jerry Ferrara, and I was wondering how much bigger is Flavor Flav than Turtle from Entourage? Yeah, he's bigger. Everyone knows Turtle, but Flavor Flav is bigger. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Flavor Flav, so. I, I'm trying to find the connection. He's got to have. He's got to be in the area, because at the All Star game for the NBA, when the NBA had the All Star game, me and my wife we went down to Terminal Tower and we saw all the different festivities, and we went into this one shop, and Flavor Flav was there in this one shop, and my wife went up to him and was like, "Hey, just nice to meet you. No big deal." And honestly, we didn't think it was it was going to be anything. We thought he was just there shopping, and it was was what it was. And, again, there was nobody in this little pop-up shop except for us and Flava Flav. And then he purchased what he had to purchase, and then he got out. And when he got out, I'm telling you, it was it was mass hysteria, which it shouldn't have been for Flavor Flav. But it was. He, he got crowded. And for the next hour, as we kind of maneuvered around, we just saw him in this just massive, like, people, the sea of people surrounding him. And then the news station ended up getting him on and everything. And it it just kind of blew up into this thing, this weird thing that it shouldn't have blown up into. But Flavor Flav was just there hanging out. And he had nothing to do and nowhere to go and nowhere to be. He was just there with his clock hanging out. Very odd. I used to watch all these shows with Flavor Flav, though. Him and then Tila Tequila. Back when, like, everyone used to watch everything MTV did. It was a wild time. But, yeah. That was a, yeah, Flavor Flav, 100% bigger. He, he, he spent way too many people and way too many lives. And he was also a part of those type of celebrities that were just, everyone knew. You know, nowadays, the, I think the world just has too many different niche audiences and too many interests that if I say, uh, if I say a name, for instance, like Bob does sports, the golf world knows that, but nobody else knows that. There are celebrities within celebrities. There's very few Tom Cruises anymore. 
There's a lot of minor YouTube-type celebrities and various audiences that people know. And so Flava Flav comes from a, a time when legitimately every seventh grader watched that show. The same way everyone in every 15-year-old watched that show. And we all just kind of know those people. So, yeah, he's a big star. Plus, people love people that remind them of their youth, too. That's another thing he's got going for him. All right, Baskin and Phelps on the AFC East. I also think the AFC East, we talked about this for a little bit last night. Competitive. Yeah, I like who do you think is going to, can the Jets win the AFC East now that he's there and what's going on in Buffalo? Like, so this was one of our questions yesterday in Fact or Fiction that I'm like, look, as long as Buffalo's quarterback hasn't changed, it's really hard to not like them. I know they've had some some changes on defense in Buffalo. They may not be exactly the same as what they were before, but that team is going to figure out somehow, some way to be a player there towards the end of the season, and they'll be battling to win the AFC. I would think they have a good chance, Andy. I, I wouldn't rule out Miami there. No? You know, the team you don't talk about there is New England. Think about that. How times have changed. Yeah, that's the part I liked, is, is that it, we just don't talk about New England in that race at all, and we don't need to. Mac Jones and Bill Belichick, isn't it? But I do like that AFC East. Very tough. I, Miami is just as much of a chance of winning it as Buffalo, in my mind. Only team I'd rule it out, rule out, excuse me, is New England. And obviously the Jets are a complete mystery, and that's why we're talking about them, as the Jets played in the Hall of Fame game last night. All right, Nick and Dustin talk about Jamar Chase's comments to the NFL Network, saying he doesn't want Joe Burrow to play for the first five weeks of the season. I do think there's also an element of this of, I'm sure you've gone to teammates and been like, you're not involved in the decision whatsoever, but like, hey, man, if you need to take week one, take week one, right? I'm sure there's part of that that is also just Jamar Chase encouraging his teammate. Be smart. Regardless of what actually the medical information is. Well, I think he also understands, like, hey, listen, if if you're not ready for week one, it's okay. We're going to be. If you're the Browns, can you turn this into motivation? Because they're basically looking past you, and they don't care what happens. They, or, they, they feel like, who's their backup again? Uh, it's Trevor Simeon. Yeah. Fine backup. Or it's or that they're just not taking the game seriously. Because, like, no, I, I wouldn't. No, I don't, no, I wouldn't. I, I, if, I'm the, if I'm the Browns, I'm not looking at this as anything as a slight at all. I think it's just, I think they're, they're more worried about themselves. Because they know they're yeah. a really good team, and they know how valuable Joe Burrow is. I also would say I think the Bengals are doing it right. Like, and it's not just because of the seventeenth game. I know that the I know that the the AFC is 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 locked and loaded. The AFC North is is airtight. But if if the shoe was on the other foot, as much as I want to beat the Bengals week one, if I thought an extra week of Deshaun going into that game you know, or, or going past that game, if I thought that would help him survive the season and give him a much better chance, I'd, I'd feel the same way. Like, you never feel good about trading greatly diminishing. And let's face it, quarterbacks are the most important player on the field when it comes to wins and losses. So you never feel good about saying, well, we're going to go ahead and just see what happens. And if we lose, we lose. Yeah, I think it's a roll of the dice you can't afford to make. I don't care how good you think your team is. The AFC is too good. There's no team out there, even the Chiefs, that can just miss five weeks without their quarterback and expect them to be all right. Now, the Chiefs could manage. They'd be fine, I would think, because they'd still end up winning enough games to find their way into the postseason, but they'd be a six or a seven seed when it was all said and done. 
I don't hate the logic by Jamar Chase. It just reeks of being way too cocky for my liking. Way too cocky, considering the AFC is way too good, and the Bengals aren't the Chiefs. They're a good team. They're not the Chiefs. you got to understand who you are sometimes. All right, last up, Ken and Anthony. With a debate with the caller, as Double A snuck in there as well, who would you rather have, Justin Tucker or Nick Chubb? Here we go. Who's more valuable? The points are more valuable. The points. The points why are more valuable. It doesn't matter who's running. It doesn't matter who's running the ball. If we right. always get, if we can get points on every possession, then it's not going to matter. It's right. not going to so matter. I need you would never do this. I need you to go talk to the mirror again because the mirror's got to tell you other things. Right, Ron. Right, Ron, I think you have a point. Thanks, Craig. Double A. I, I think he has a point. Double A, go to Ron's what are you mirror. Doing? No, he has a point. I'm what done. matters I'm more? Done. What matters more? Points? Mirrors are done with that. You, Ron. No, no, no. Thanks for the call, Ron. I need to call you out on the card, but what are you talking about? If you're going to say this, you better have the stones to pick up no, the phone so, if you're going to do that. No, so what so is, go what, ahead. What is he. What is more valuable? Points. If you're saying points is the most valuable thing, you need a kicker that's going to bring you points. I know with Justin Tucker, he's going to bring you points. Every possession, you're going to get points. Would the Baltimore Ravens trade Justin Tucker to us for Nick Chubb? I actually don't think they would. That's not the question, though. I know they wouldn't. That is <laughs> no. That is that's, 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 that's not the question. This though. is how debates start: is we ask each other questions that's and then exactly we and then we answer it. That's how it goes. So look me in the eyes and tell me whether or not the Baltimore Ravens would trade Justin Tucker for Nick Chubb. Oh, they they would. They would. They would. You didn't look me in the eye. You looked up in the no, air. They would. You're lying to me and no, you're lying they, to yourself. And you're lying to our listeners. They would trade Justin Tucker for Nick Chubb right now. They would. This is an asinine argument. If you're saying that the kicker is more valuable than the running back, then why would the team with the kicker already trade the kicker for the running back? I, so, I was so, you know what? he would pick up on that. You know what? And here we are. You know what? So fine. Let Stefanski go for it on fourth down again because that's all he did because he doesn't trust yell. the kicking I'm not game. Yell. I don't need to yell. So let him go for it on fourth down and let people complain about Stefanski going for it on fourth down instead of kicking the field goal because he doesn't trust You're going to need to use a different voice or go get Stevie from the other room because I don't need people screaming at you and scaring you out of this opinion. Even though it's silly, I really need you to go down with the ship on this because it's one of the silliest things you've ever told me, and it was the silliest thing Ron in Cleveland Heights has ever told me. Take, in the, take into the entire territory of all the things that you've told me. And that is one of the silliest things that I've ever heard. I mean, you can't spend a week and a half ago talking about Justin Tucker versus Nick Chubb. What would you, who's more valuable? And every show on this station, with the exception of mine, because I was off that day, went and talked about that. It was a Friday. I was off on that Friday. And every show up and down talked about that topic. You can't, you can't have those discussions and then be shocked when all of a sudden people want to talk about Justin Tucker versus Nick Chubb in a trade. Like, it just, that's the next obvious logical progression that people are going to make. It didn't come out of thin air. The conversation didn't come out of nowhere. It came out of the fact that a week and a half ago, we just talked about it all. I'm not, I wasn't shocked. When I heard it, I was like, that, that's not a shocking thing. Now, I think the surprising part of the discussion is that I don't think Browns fans would want to trade Nick Chubb for Justin Tucker, and I don't think Ravens fans would want to trade Justin Tucker for Nick Chubb. It's one of those weird situations where neither team, neither team's fan base would want to make that move. It's one of those weird ones that you don't see often, 
where if it was a straight up for one for one, Baltimore fans would be like, why did we do that? And Browns fans would also be like, again, why did we do that? And that's what I like about it. That's what I like about the thought process. It would make each fan base just as angry. And you don't get that often enough. All right, leave that there. We come on back. I want to hear from you guys. 216474-0092 on Twitter. There you can find me. I am at Jay Pirro, and we're going to get to off the beaten path at 940, assuming the Guardians game doesn't end in the meantime. Got a feeling it's going to end right in between. But we come on back. Let's go to college football. Do you like how much college football is changing? And will college football become the Big Ten and the SEC? And that's it.